and I'm excited to talk a little bit about Romans chapter 5, and then I'm going to talk about why Romans chapter 5 and what God did there is important to us today as we celebrate our birthday as a church. So uh, let me pray, and then we'll jump in. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that your word is timeless, that it is true, and that it never fails us, and that we can put our hope in your word and in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So you'll remember that when we talked about the book of Romans, we talked about breaking it up into four categories. There's 16 chapters, and it can be divided up easily into four sections. The first section, we looked at the first three weeks, and that was the heart of the gospel. The second section that we're starting today in chapters 5 through 8 is the assurance provided by the gospel or the hope of salvation. That when we read Romans chapter 5 through 8, we see something in the middle of these words that God has given to us. We see that there is something that we can be sure of in our life. And the thing that we can be sure of is that we have relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And we all need that assurance. We all need that hope in our lives. And we want it to be strong and secure. We also see that God has been faithful to mankind and his people for thousands of years. That's, that's one of the things we see in the book of Romans is as Paul will use the example of the Israelite people over and over again, we'll see that what God has done has been to be faithful to his people really from the beginning, creation, but for thousands of years in particular, faithful to the Israelite people. And then Paul begins to remind you and I over and over again that the faithfulness we see in the Israelite community is the exact same faithfulness that God gives to you and I as Gentiles. As people that are not a part of the family, we get grafted into this family. We get to be adopted into this family of God and all of the faithfulness of God from Abraham to now, we get as this awesome gift when we come to believe in Jesus Christ. Now, Paul is gonna talk about a couple of those things in, in Romans chapter five, but in particular, you're gonna see two words repeated over and over again in the first 11 verses of Romans chapter 5, and it's the word hope and the word boast, or the word glory. The word glory and boast are actually the same exact Greek word. They just use it interchangeably a little bit. But Paul tells us that we can put our hope in God because he's always faithful. That he even goes on to say we can even boast in God. We can, we can brag about God not about ourselves, right? We can brag about God because of what he has done. And so God's been faithful throughout time, throughout history, and in every generation. And so we see hope. And I, I thought of a definition for hope, and it's gonna be on the screen for you, that hope is a firm and joyful expectation. That's what hope is. It's this expectation that is in our heart and in our mind that we know that Jesus has saved us. And Paul begins to talk about this hope, this firm and joyful expectation that you and I have in Christ. And he goes on further to even say, you can even boast in this hope. 
You can brag in this hope as a follower of Jesus Christ because what Jesus has done is so awesome. In fact, you can boast in what Jesus does. Not only is that good for Jesus, but it fuels our hope. It reminds us of all God's goodness and faithfulness. And then secondly, we can boast. And boast is an interesting word. It just means to confidently believe in or to express something with pride. Now, not in a bad pride, in a good pride, that you can honestly say, I have something that I'm very proud of, and that is a relationship with Jesus. And nothing can take that away. And I'm so excited that I have that, and I want to tell you about my relationship. Now, in particular, Paul says we can boast about three things. We can boast about the glory of God or the hope of the glory of God because God's glory is awesome. And what God has done in our lives is awesome. And so we can boast in the glory of God, but we also get to be these kind of like semi-participants in the glory of God. And so we get to boast in that. We also get to boast in our suffering. Now you may say, Pastor Mark, why would I ever be happy that I'm suffering? Well, because when you're suffering for Jesus, it's totally different than when you're suffering because your sports team lost, or you're suffering because you didn't handle your finances well and now you don't have enough at the end of the week, or you're suffering because you did something wrong and now you're stuck. That's not the type of suffering that God's talking about. He's talking about that when you and I suffer because we are believers, when somebody says, I don't like you because you're a Christian, or when somebody says, I don't like the Jesus in you, then Paul says there is something that spiritually and supernaturally changes and happens in your life when you go through a moment like that, and that is you begin to understand perseverance. And that perseverance molds and shapes your character, and that character turns into an everlasting eternal hope that only you can have as a believer in Jesus. And third, we can boast in the fact that God has saved us, that this is all his work. Well, let's look at that hope and that boasting that Paul is talking about, and let's read Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Paul says to the church in Rome and to us today, Therefore, since you have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have been given access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You see, at just the right time, when you were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more 
shall we be saved from God's wrath through him. For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have received reconciliation. There are moments in the New Testament, especially with the Apostle Paul, where I believe what I call uh, Paul goes into verbal overdrive. It's like he's just kind of cruising along in third, chapters one and two and three and four, and then he goes, I'm going to take it up a notch. And he presses the pedal to the floor and he shifts to fifth, and he just goes into verbal overdrive. And he says, I got to show you how great my God is. I've got to show you what Jesus has done for you. And he literally puts the hammer down. And he says, I want to show you why you can have hope in Jesus because of all of the things that God has done for you. And so basically, Paul just makes a list here. He makes a list of all of the reasons that you can put your hope in Jesus. Let me look at them with you this morning. The first thing Paul says is you are justified by faith. That means when you say, I believe in Jesus Christ, I put my faith in Jesus, he justifies you. In other words, because he is almighty and he is completely just, he has the ability to do what's right and wrong, and he also has the ability to be just all the time, and he has the ability to be just with our sin and with our actions and with our righteousness. And when we believe in Jesus Christ, what Paul is saying is you become justified, and what that means is it's just as if you've never sinned. All of your past, present, and future sins have been wiped out because Jesus died on the cross for you. That's a thing you can hope in. That's pretty good. He also says you have peace with God. You have peace with God. Now, one of the things we all want on this planet, right, is world peace. Like, we're all like, gosh, it would be so awesome to have world peace. Like, that would be, that'd be awesome. But at some point, we all know, because our world throughout history goes through ebbs and flows, there's times where we've had peace and there's times where we've had war, that that doesn't mean you have peace with God. And peace with God is even more important than world peace. Because God is our Heavenly Father. He's our Creator. And at some point, you and I have to stand before Him and give account of our life. And it's at that point that you and I want to know that we're at peace with Him. And because of what Jesus has done on the cross, we can be absolutely 100% assured that when we stand before Him, He is our Heavenly Father, He's our friend, and we're at peace with Him. We also have access by faith into grace. Now, this is good. Before we knew Jesus, we didn't have access to grace. Before we said yes to Jesus, there was no access to God because he is holy and I am not. And so I couldn't go into his presence. I couldn't be in his presence. It wasn't until I said yes to Jesus and all of my sin was wiped out that I now had complete access to God. That's why the Bible says in Luke that when Jesus died on the cross, 
The veil in the temple that separated where you could go and the most holy place was ripped in two. In other words, what God was saying is from this point on, all of mankind, all of humanity, from the beginning to the end has access to God if you want it. All you have to do is say yes to Jesus. He'll forgive you of your sins and you have immediate, perfect access by the grace of God into the presence of God. And that, my friends, is something, if that was the only thing alone to put our hope in for the rest of our lives, it would be enough, amen? And God says you also have hope in grace. And grace is awesome because grace, the definition of grace is getting what you don't deserve. And I don't know about you, but that's what I love about God. He continues to give me things that I don't deserve all the time simply because I am faithful all the time. No, no, not because I'm faithful all the time, but because he is faithful. In fact, the model of my life is what? And yours too, unfaithfulness, not faithfulness, but because God is faithful and because he is gracious. He continues to give me things that I don't even deserve, amen. We also get to be in the glory of God. And we just get to bask and be in his presence. Part of our worship was just being in the glory of God. We get to glory in suffering. And I mentioned that before. I won't go deep into that. But you and I can actually, as believers, learn things from suffering instead of it just being a crappy part of our life. But we can actually learn things as believers as we walk with Jesus in those moments. Paul also said, God's love has been poured into your heart through the Holy Spirit. Who? That God's love is consistently being poured into my life, into my heart, and the Holy Spirit helps me live in that love. That is so big, and it's something we can hope in. Now next, Paul says, you and I can be really hopeful about something else. We can be hopeful because Christ died for the ungodly. And that God demonstrated his love for us because while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Now this is really good. Paul says this example like, somebody might maybe die for a really righteous person. Or you might really die for your good friend who you really like. And you might take his place maybe if you're a super kind person and they were a super good person. The point is you would never die for somebody that you don't know and you would never die for a bad person, right? Like most of us would not say, you know, the next guy on death row, could I sign up for him? Like none of us are going, yeah. But we might die for somebody really nice and really kind so that they could continue. But, but the Bible says this, God did something totally different with Jesus. What Paul is saying is that while we hated God, when we were saying, I don't even like God, I don't want anything to do with God, God said, that's okay, I still want to make a way for you and I to have a relationship whenever you've figured out that I really do love you with all of my heart. So what Paul is saying is when we hate God, he loves us. When we want nothing to do with him, he says, I'm still here. And when we said, I want to go my own way, he said, I'll come to earth and die on a cross for you because I want the door to always be open for you and I to have relationship 
Now, if you don't choose to ever walk through the door, that's on you. But I want to make sure that the door is always open to my love, to my grace, to my kindness, to my faithfulness, to the hope that I want to give you in this life and in the next. Then he said, you're saved from God's wrath. That's something to be hopeful in, right? I don't want to be a part of God's wrath. That we're reconciled to him through the death of his son. That we've been saved through Jesus' life. And lastly, that we've received reconciliation. Say, Pastor Mark, some of these words are just, aren't they just kind of big Christian words? Yeah, they kind of are. But reconciliation means I'm a friend with God. I'm God's friend. God's my friend. That sounds good. And that sounds like something we can be hopeful in. See, we have assurance because of all these things. We have hope because of all these things. And can I tell you something? When you're struggling with doubt about God, or maybe you're anxious because this world is so crazy, and maybe you wonder what God is doing or what he's done for you lately, or maybe you're just struggling with your identity in this world, can I encourage you to do something? Read these verses. Read these verses in particular. Because they will remind you that God is faithful to you. And that, there, and that you can put your hope in your relationship with him. This morning, we're celebrating 40 years of God's faithfulness at Cheney Faith Center. Now, for most churches, that's not very long. But I would like to take a little bit of time, like Paul did with the believers in Rome, and remind us of our story. See, what Paul's really doing is he's reminding the believers in Rome that this is your story. This is your story of what Jesus has done in you. And just like the believers in Rome, we have a story. And as the church in Chini, we have an assurance provided by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we have hope because God has been faithful from the first moment in June 1981 till now, June 2021. Every church has a story. Every church has a lifestyle cycle. And it's important to know your story, isn't it? How many of you sometimes when it's somebody's birthday or maybe uh, an anniversary, you sit around and you talk about how mom and dad met each other? You know, mom and dad, tell, tell us that story again. How, how did you meet each other? I was at a life team this past Thursday, and we went around the room because it was uh, Mel and Martha's 50th wedding anniversary. Woo! <laughs> And we were so excited for them, but they, they wanted to hear our story while, we, while they were telling their story, and so everybody got to tell their story. I was happy to share the fact that Kate and I had known each other the longest since we were four years old. Everybody else had just met like in their teens or 18 or 19, and they were like, yeah, we knew each other in high school, and I'm like, yeah, preschool. So it was fun. It was great. We had a great time. But isn't that fun? There's just something fun about like telling your story. And so I thought I'd tell our story for a minute. So uh, Cheney Face Center's story began uh, 1980-ish, maybe 81-ish, when two men were flying on an airplane out of Spokane. Their names were Noel Campbell and Roy Hicks Jr., both leaders in 
the four-score denomination in the Northwest, Roy Hicks Jr. in most of the entire United States. Noel Campbell, you may kind of, uh, Joe Whitworth, large pastor of Life Center. Noel Campbell is his father-in-law, okay? So Noel and Roy Hicks Jr. had come to Spokane to just kind of scope the city out and get ready to plant a church in Spokane. And while they took off out of the airport and began to ascend into the sky, if, if you've been on an airplane, you know that it comes around Cheney, right? It does this loop. And, and they looked out the window and they saw Cheney and Eastern Washington University. And they said, hey, we need to put a church in that town. While we're putting one in Spokane, let's put one here. And Roy said to Noel, hey, I think I, think I know a guy and his wife that would go to Cheney. And so when Roy got home, he talked to a man named Steve and his wife, Terry. Steve and Terry Perry. Say that three times fast, <laughs> and you can avoid tongue twisters. Well, Steve and Terry Perry decided in 1981 that they would leave Eugene, Oregon, they would move up to Cheney, and they would start a church. And so they did. They said yes to the call of Jesus. They moved up here and they just started a spiritual habit of walking around the city. Back then, it was smaller. Now, it's, it's about a six to seven mile walk. You can ask me later how I know that. Steve and Terry used to take prayer walks around the city. And they would just begin to pray for people to believe in Jesus. And guess what? People started believing in Jesus. In fact, several people that believed in Jesus in those beginning years are still in our church today and living out their hope in Jesus. In fact, if you are here in the room this morning and you've been a part of Cheney Faith Center for, you know, like 30 plus years, 25, 30, would you please stand? I know you're here. Okay, there we are. So Martins, Tressa, oh, come on. Blaine and, Blaine and Deanna, the Peas, you guys too. Come on, stand, come on, go ahead. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I just wanted to acknowledge some of them because they have been faithful. They've been faithful to Jesus. They've been faithfully, faithful to financially give. They've been faithful to stick with it. And they've been faithful to just say, this is my church home, and I'm going to invest in it. And I've been really proud of that. And I would like to say, as the pastor that gets to celebrate today, thank you. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your faithfulness. And thank you for loving Jesus for such a long time. After pastoring Cheney Faith Center for about 12 years, Steve tragically died of cancer. And that was, that was tough for Cheney Faith Center at the time because a lot of the people that had come to believe in Jesus had believed in Jesus because of Steve and Terry and their life and who they were in Christ. And in the midst of that trouble, it's interesting, God was faithful. He was faithful all the time. Cheney Faith Center had two more pastors through that time. And then Kate and I came along. And in 2005, God asked Kate and I to come here as well. I, I'm just encouraged that what I continue to see is God's faithfulness. 
One of the things that I thought was very interesting when Kate and I came here, that, by the way, we did not even know until we started pastoring here, was that there was a deep connection between Steve and, and Terry and Kate and I that we had no idea of, only God knew. Because God is always faithful. And it was this, that Kate and I had been on staff at a church in Klamath Falls, Oregon, before we came to Cheney. What we didn't know, we kind of knew about Steve a little bit, but Steve and Terry grew up in Klamath Falls. And the pastor we served under in Klamath Falls was really good friends with Steve Perry when they were in high school and in college, and it was Steve that brought Scott to believe in Jesus. And Scott was our pastor. And then one of our really good friends in Klamath Falls was Anne. Anne was oh, so great. She was older. She was in her 60s and 70s. Anne would do anything for us. She was just amazing. She loved Jesus with all of her heart. And it was just so awesome how, how Anne was. And I remember when Kate and I announced in Klamath Falls, we're going to pastor a little church in Cheney. And Ann was sitting in the back, and I, we were good friends with Ann, so she just starts weeping. And I'm like, well, I knew we were good friends, but I, I, just, I didn't think she was going to miss us that much. <laughs> and we got done, and we walked down the aisle, kind of making the announcement, and Ann literally runs up to us and grabs us and says, this is so much like God to take someone I love to pastor the church that my son started. And it was in that moment that we went, whoa, are you kidding me? And Anne was like, yeah, my son started that church. And then about a year later, Anne came to visit. And she was sitting in the old building. She was sitting in a chair and uh, there was this young blonde girl sitting next to her, and I was just preaching away, just doing my normal Mark thing, and uh, just not thinking anything except as I would sweep over, here's this girl sitting next to Anne, and she's weeping. And I'm like, okay, Anne, help her out. Put your arm around her, do something. And I just preach and doing my thing, and I get done, and that girl leaps out of her chair, runs up the aisle, and practically just throws her arms around me, and I'm like, awkward. <laughs> and she's just crying, and she gets done with her hug, and she says, you're just like my dad. Steve's first daughter, Brooke. I don't think God ever does things by coincidence. Ever. We can always count on him. We can always trust him. We can always know that what God starts, he will finish in you and in the church. I don't think it's a coincidence at all that Kate and I ended up at Cheney Faith Center. By the way, we had lots of eight other great opportunities to pastor in other churches, and God kept closing the door and saying no to all of those because he wanted to say yes to here. And I believe that the Holy Spirit started something here with Steve and Terry. And now all of us 
we get to continue it. We get to continue the good work that the Holy Spirit started in June 1981. And so I'm trusting that you and I will continue to help others know Jesus and live for him daily. And we will see the faithfulness of God in our church year after year after year because that's what God wants to do. That's what God has been doing since the beginning, and that's what he's doing now. I want to share with you a story of a young man who, well, he's not young anymore. He's still kind of young. But when he was a young man attending Eastern Washington University, he met Steve and another guy named Scott, and they led him to Jesus. And this is his story of becoming a believer and a follower while he attended Cheney Faith Center. Hi, I'm Steve Ronholt, and I'm here today to share with you my salvation story. Um, I came to Eastern as a college student, going into forestry, not really knowing what I wanted to do. Um, I, through a series of events, kind of had a, a, a brokenness in my life that um, I decided to, uh, around Easter time, uh, go to church, try this church thing that I had never really done before. And uh, so I did. I went to this little church and, and walked into the basement, little red chairs all over, um, and sat down in kind of a, 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 an uncomfortable environment, really, for me, uh, because I hadn't really been in church before. But immediately, people were welcoming. Uh, it, it was a friendly environment. And after a couple of times, one of the college students that was going to church there um, invited me to church, or excuse me, invited me to, uh, to lunch. And his name was Scott Reardon. And at that lunch at um, Lenny's Drive-In, whatever, it was a burger joint back then, uh, he shared with me about this guy named Jesus. And I really had never heard anything about him. But he told me what Jesus had done for me and I thought about it, and uh, later that day, I just asked Jesus into my heart. I don't really know how or what that meant, but I knew I was inviting him into my life. And uh, it was kind of interesting, too, because then the, the next day or later that night, I'm not sure which one, um, I went to uh, the hospital. Steve and Terry Perry were the pastors at Cheney Face Center, and uh, they had just, uh, their daughter, first daughter, Brooke, had been born and I went to the hospital and um, held her and shared with them that I had asked Jesus into my life um, that day or the day before. And it was just a pretty cool moment. And Steve and Terry really, from that moment, became part of uh, my family, second family to me. And that's the way I felt about uh, Cheney Face Center. It, it was friendly, it was welcoming, and it was obvious that they had been communicating and teaching that uh, to, to, to love others, to reach out to others in the, in the community and um, to share the love of Jesus with them, and that's what happened. After I accepted Jesus, um, Steve reached out to me and, and started connecting, and uh, we went through a, a book series called Design for Discipleship, and we would meet as regularly as possible once a week, and uh, Kent Schroeder and I actually did that originally together with Steve, um, and then, you know, besides doing that, we just became friends. We'd 
attended sports activities together. We, we played sports together, hung out and talked about books we'd read and things like that. So like I said, uh, with Steve's discipleship and with Steve and Terry as a couple reaching out, uh, they became uh, a second family to me. Well, it sounds like you've had a great start at Cheney Faith Center and that 37 years ago, Jesus really did something special in your life when you came to know him as your savior. Could you share with us what it's meant for you to live in the faithfulness of God for so many years since then? In one word, it's everything. God's faithfulness. It, it summed up, I think, best for me in the song, Goodness of God. And uh, it's a great song. It, it talks about God's goodness, but it also talks about his faithfulness. And when I think about that, the, there's some words in that song that say that he's running after me. And I, I've experienced that in my life. God loves me. God's choo choosing to pursue me. And uh, that to me is his faithfulness. It's all about him. It's not about me. I've been, I haven't always been faithful, uh, but he has always pursued me with his love, his unconditional love. And when I recognize that, his faithfulness and his love for me, that makes me want to live for him. That makes me want to experience that um, in sharing that love with other people, with the people in my life that uh, God chooses for me to be around and to love. Um, I want to love them unconditionally the same way that God has loved me. And I want to share that with people that I come in contact with. So, yeah, it's everything, God's faithfulness. It's not about me. It's not about us. It's about him and um, his faithfulness to us and his pursuit of me in my life. And I'm so thankful for that. How important is it for all of us at Cheney Faith Center to be intentionally sharing the gospel in 2021 and the future? Very important. You have heard my story, and part of that is people who are faithful to tell me about Jesus. Steve and Terry welcoming Scott Reardon, sharing Jesus with me. As a part of Cheney Faith Center, you know, the, the message of telling people about Jesus, that's what brought me into the kingdom of God, and I'm so thankful for that. So very important. And for me, as personally, I'm motivated to share about Jesus because I've experienced God's love, God's unconditional love for me. Why he decided to set it up this way, I don't know, but I'm thankful. I'm thankful that he chose me. I'm thankful that he loves me. And it's a great thing to be loved. I mean, by the God of the universe or by people, it's a great thing to be loved. And I want to share that with other people. That's what motivates me to love my wife, love my children, and experience that in, in our day-to-day -day life and tell other people about that so they can experience the love of God. So I think it's very important. Thanks for letting me share with you today. I'm so thankful to be a part of Cheney Faith Center 37 years later and a, a church with the same mission to reach our community with the gospel of Jesus Christ. trust that you have a similar story to Steve's, that somebody was welcoming and friendly 
somebody maybe took you to coffee or took you to lunch, took you on a walk, something, and they just shared Jesus with you. And as a result of sharing Jesus with you, you, you believed. You said yes. And you're now being discipled or discipling someone else or you're in this process as well. And you probably see other people around you now that need the gospel of Jesus. I want to encourage you that there were some things in Steve's story that need to be similar to us as a church today. We need to remember that we need to be welcoming, amen? That we need to be completely welcoming to everyone who comes in our doors. That we need to be friendly. When we get back to moments where we're doing a little bit more and maybe we're having times where we're interacting together more and I know that that's happening more, that we look for the person that we don't know and we talk with them before we leave. We just continue to be welcoming and friendly. Did you notice that that was what kept Steve around? That's what he was looking for. He was just looking for people that were welcome, welcoming and friendly, and I think all of us can do that. But then there were also people in Steve's life that took it upon themselves to say, hey, come be a part of our family. Come hang out with me all the time. Let me show you how to believe in Jesus. And every one of us needs to do that too. We need to find someone that we can invite into our family and begin to pursue them with the love of Jesus. See, Cheney Faith Center has a legacy of people believing in Jesus, and we want that legacy to continue long into the future. This means that we are called to pray, to pray for our city, to those that don't know Jesus, and to share Jesus with others. Now, because we want to be a church that is not just about our past, but about our future, we have a way to respond to that this morning. On your seat, you receive this little card. Would you grab it, please? If you need one and want one, you can raise your hand if, and an usher will bring you one. But if there's enough, that's great. I want us to respond to the Lord with this card just for a moment. And look at the back with me. It says, who can you share the message of the simple gospel with? There are pens in the chairs in front of you, and I'd like you to write someone's name there. And I'd like you to think about someone in our community, someone in Cheney. Who's someone you can share the message of the simple gospel with? And by the way, the simple gospel is... We've been talking about this. It's Jesus crucified and risen to set me free. And by the way, we have bracelets that declare that this morning. You can grab them on your way out. But who can you share with? And then second, where do they live? Where do they live? Because we have an action step. We'd like each of us to start taking a prayer walk around that neighborhood. It's summer. It's nice outside. It's a great time for a walk and for some prayer. And so I'm going to encourage all of us to begin to pray around the neighborhood where that person who you wrote down lives. 
or pray over a map of that area. If you're like, Pastor Mark, I, I can't walk right now. Okay, get on a map, pray over that area. Pray over that person, pray over their life because they need Jesus. And then I want us to pray for opportunities to share the gospel as you serve, as you listen, and as you have spiritual conversations with the person that you wrote down. So let's take a minute, kind of think about that person, think about where they live. You can pray for that person. The worship team's just gonna play and sing a song. And then as we leave, you'll see a brand new painting on the wall to your left as you leave in the comments of the West Plains. And on the table right next to that painting are some red thumbtacks. I'm gonna ask you to go take one of those thumbtacks and put it in the wall, yes, I said in the wall, where this person lives, where you're going to be faithful with the message of Jesus Christ. So let's pray quick. Jesus, we pray that you would give us vision and wisdom about who we're called to share you with. Pray that you would help us with that that your Holy Spirit would give us direction about the person we're supposed to write down and where they live. Could be a neighbor, could be someone a couple houses down, could be a couple blocks over, wherever it is. Lord, we pray that you would begin to do amazing things as we help people know Jesus and live for him daily. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, think about your person that's writing down.
the book in reading the sick will be well the hungry will feast the morning will dance the blinded will see the church will Hopefully, the Lord is bringing some people to your attention. And you'll begin to see them in a whole new way through the eyes of Jesus from the cross, risen from the dead to set us free. I want to encourage you this morning to just take that vision of that family or that person, put their pin on the wall, grab a bracelet. It's a good conversation starter, by the way, if you hang out with them. And just begin to think about what Jesus is going to do in and through you and in and through us as a church. Amen. Uh, as you see some people this morning that have been faithful at Cheney Faith Center for a long time, would you just say thank, thank you to them as they leave, as you leave as well. Also, you're probably thinking, if it's a birthday, then that's got to mean there's cake. <laughs> well, duh. That's what we do as Americans. So there is cake in the commons. And always remember, Jesus loves you very much. And so do Kate and I. Have a great day. And remember God's faithfulness always. Amen. Death is defeated.